3: This is v Final
0: Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: Welcome in to v Final Countdown live from Las Vegas at our South Point studio here right outside of the sportsbook. It's Wednesday, which means I'm almost fully recovered from the weekend. Finally, Matt Brown.
4: Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I was just waiting on you to see what was going on. I've been sitting here for like 10 minutes exactly like this. And so I was just seeing what, you know, yeah. how you were going to start the show. I wish, there, that, yeah.
1: I wish that those of you at home, listeners driving in your car, could understand the mad dash that we have to get set up here in the studio because, Matt, every single day you cut it so close. What was
4: I here? When, it, when I needed to be here. I'm never going to let you down. I'm he always here. He needs this
1: special box yeah. for his feet to feel at home. I got here. here. <laughs> Proud, of box. You. Proud of you. Um, but while I say, you know, I finally am, you know, recovering from the weekend, it's all about to reset again with Thursday mm-hmm. Night Football coming up tomorrow. A great one this week, by the way. Chiefs, a four-point favorite, taking on the Chargers. We'll get into all things LA when v own Danielle Alvari joins the show coming up in about a half an hour. She's also our resident WNBA expert Aces with the two games tonight. Lead and a chance to claim the title against the Sun tomorrow night. But lots of college football and NFL talk today. Where we're going to start, however, is in Major League Baseball. Five day games, um, a lot of them in progress right now. Ten still to come, including a game that, if you want to bet it, get in on it in the next, like, five to ten minutes. Padres, Mariners going head-to-head.
4: Yeah, we got some baseball here down the stretch. Listen, Wednesdays are for baseball. Wednesdays we decided, are for baseball. We decided Wednesdays are for baseball here on the show, and we're going to talk a little bit of baseball on Wednesdays. No, seriously, we're we're heading down the stretch, so we will keep you up to date on things that are going on around the baseball world. A couple of games in the ninth inning, so probably not anything you're interested in getting involved with. Sixth inning, though, Rockies and the White Sox. The Rockies hold a three to nothing lead here over the White Sox. If you want to take the Sox um, as three run, as, uh, down three runs in this thing, plus 320, six and a half is your total. In the second inning, we got the Braves and the Giants. That is still scoreless. Minus 135 on the Braves, plus 105.
1: You don't expect that from Dylan Cease, by the way.
4: Yeah, yeah, I know. That's a little different. That said, that said, the White Sox should, should be able to score more runs than they have all season long. This team has been the biggest disappointment in all of Major League Baseball, in my opinion. And look, they are on the outside looking in. We'll see what happens with all that. Six and a half in that Braves-Giants game, if you do want to get in live. Padres and Mariners, Mike Clevenger, Luis Castillo. Very nice pitching matchup in this one. Castillo and the Mariners are minus 170 home favorites. The Padres and Clevenger, plus 145 road underdogs, seven and a half is your total in that one. The Padres got the best of the Mariners last night behind an Absolutely stunning start from you, Darvish, Goes eight innings was just spectacular. Look, uh, Logan Gilbert was really good for the Mariners as well, but just not good enough. And the Padres do get that win over this Mariners squad behind, again, you, Darvish, was a guy that I had a long shot uh, Cy Young ticket on mm-hmm. because whenever Jacob Grom went down in spring training, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go scoop up like three or four top end uh, top in National League pitchers just in case DeGrom can't make it back. And, you know, he, he didn't make it back until midseason. Darvish being one of those guys. But uh, he he's put together a pretty solid season for this Padres squad, but just not quite good enough to get that ticket.
1: Home. In that third spot now yeah. in the wild card, though, San Diego uh, winning that pick game yesterday, a 2 nothing win. And that price, by the way, on Seattle – Creeped up a good bit just a couple hours ago. It was minus 155, now all the way up to minus 170. Also coming up tonight, the Yankees and nasty Nestor Cortez taking on Brian Bellow and the Red Sox for a second time in as many games. Pinstripes and minus 130 road favorite total, nine juice to the under. Yankees won this matchup 7-6 in extra innings yesterday. But the big story, yes. ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Judge at 57. So we are four home runs shy now. Of the the 61 home run American League record set by Roger Maris, hit two long balls yesterday, five more with 20 games remaining for 62. I don't
4: understand why they continue to pitch to him. So like it's like the the rational side of me says, no, he's not going to get there because at some point you just go, why? <laughs> like what you just like like right. why? He's so, the only guy that has consistently performed this team all season long. So I'm just kinda like, why? Why would they do this?
1: And so look at some of the prices here because yesterday it was essentially a coin flip price minus 475 to break the record with 62 now on DraftKings. It was plus 275 just 2 weeks ago when we were talking about that hot take Tuesday day. Yeah. Uh the under if you do not think he hits this like it obviously it looks like the Yankees are going to be able to close things out, mm-hmm. win the division like they want to, maybe have the opportunity to rest some guys. Is there any value at that plus 340 to take the under? Or, I mean, for, for me, like I think records are important. If I'm Aaron Judge, I would mm-hmm. want to get that record. Does the team let him?
4: I think go for, for sure. It, right? I think for sure. And, I think and, so too. And, and it's one of those things, too, where, you know, it's because it's also, it's not only the the league, it's a team record as well. Like, there's all kinds right. of narrative stuff that kind of goes in to all this. And then, do you really want to upset – Remember, they were not able to get a long-term deal done, and he bet on himself, and i like, do you really want to make him upset, you know, as we head down the stretch here? Because obviously they're going to want to resign him. Obviously they're going to want him to stay a Yankee. So I think there's multiple different reasons for them to let him go after this thing. But, again, I just keep going back to this. Like, I cannot for the life of me
1: <laughs> figure, figure out why, out why, why they continue to, to
4: pitch – like, why they continue to pitch to him, like, over the plate in any way. Like, one of the things whenever – so like when Bonds was doing his thing and whatever, it's like it was all these bas- basically like all these unintentional intentional walks, right? It was like they didn't just send him to first base, but it was like they were throwing a couple inches off the plate every time, right? Because like okay, maybe we'll get him to chase every now and then, maybe he'll roll over one, maybe he'll ground out or whatever it might be, but it was never really this like okay, we're really gonna challenge Barry Bonds, like, like they're just they're throwing, they're just they're just pitching to Aaron Judge, and like he just continues to smash the ball. Over the fence. And it's like, it doesn't matter what part of the plate you work him on. Like, he went opposite field last night, and Mm -hmm. then he he pulled one last night. I mean, the guy's just got so much power. It's crazy to me. But to answer your question, I think at this point, it seems like they're just going to continue to pitch to him all season long. I can't see any reason in the world the Yankees are going to sit him down. So, it's like, I would probably think he gets there.
1: He has – 20 more home runs than anyone else in baseball this season. Kyle Schwarber is second with 37. Nobody's had that type of a lead in the category since Babe Ruth in 1928. Hence why he's minus 1,400 to win the AL MVP. Uh, Batting 310. 123 RBIs to lead major league baseball. Just pay me my MVP money already. Just pay me my money. I don't want to have to wait until the end of October. (laughs) Just pay me the money.
4: I've got the ticket. Just pay me the money. It's not going to anybody else other than Aaron Judge. Just give it to me.
1: While we're on these milestones, though, I was just looking at the odds on Albert Pujols from nine to one and seven to one. Three to one when we discussed it previously, now minus one sixty to hit seven hundred. So that's the new number there. Um a reminder as well, just good to touch on with the major league baseball postseason format, things are a little bit different.
4: He also he also got some opportunities against lefties that he was not able to cash in yesterday. It's you know, like listen,
1: get it together. That's your opportunity, Albert. That's I just, what you do.
4: I just at this point assume I just at this point assume that he is going to like any time a lefty's on. It's just gone. Oh, it's going. It's, it's gone. Like it's the baseball gone. gods have come down and said <laughs> he is going to get there no matter what. Let me just go ahead and put a lefty on the mound for him to go ahead and hit all these home runs. But that has not been that the case at least the last couple of times here. Yeah. So, listen, we're getting three wild cards in from each from, from each league. So just remember that as we head down the stretcher, which is why one of these games actually a little bit later is fairly important. We got the Rays and the Blue Jays mm-hmm. who are going at it. And the reason, listen, they're both in as we sit right now, but obviously every loss that one of these teams gets helps out some of these teams that are chasing. With the stretch coming, it's not impossible for the Orioles, who are five games back, or the White Sox, who are six and a half games back, to get there should one of these teams go on a little bit of a skid. So a game like this where, yes, Blue Jays are in, Rays are in. Mariners are also currently in, as we sit right now, five games clear of the Orioles and six and a half games clear of the White Sox. It's not out of the realm of possibility Mm -hmm. for one of the and and one of these two teams has to lose tonight. So if the if the uh, Orioles were to win, then they would gain some ground no matter what in this. So it's it's uh, it'll be fun for us as we come down the stretch here, for sure. A little less fun over on the. On the national league side of things from the top standpoint, because the Braves are 10 are 10 games up in the wild card, but we do at least have a chase there for the that Braves last spot. The Braves
1: are a half a game back yeah. of the Mets for the division lead.
4: Yeah. Yes.
1: The Mets losing again last night with DeGrom on the Hill.
4: This is it, that's unacceptable, by the way. That should never happen.
1: But it keeps happening.
4: I know it should never happen. I know it should never happen. The Phillies, though, uh right now, they are a game and a half up on the Brewers. The Padres in that final spot, but they're only two games up on the Brewers and this uh, three and a half, I should say Phillies up on the Brewers and then two games up are the Padres on this Brewers team. So again, that one is at least for that final spot is certainly going to come down to the wire as well. So every single Padre game, every single Brewer game, if you are one of their fans does mean something down the stretch here. It's not like some of these other teams. I
1: was giddy, like a school girl when they beat the Mariners yesterday, I was like, all right, we're in there right now. I mean, (laughs) seriously
4: though, what a, what a pitching performance by you Darvish. Like when he, when that splitter is working for him, it is like the nastiest pitch you will just ever you will just ever see i mean it comes out of his hand and it looks like a fastball and then just falls off the table. And absolutely, pl- and, th- and those guys had no, just no answer for it yesterday at all.
1: I'm a little bit anxious for this game here today because Clevenger, last two starts granted they were against the Dodgers, mm-hmm. were not good. Lasted just eight in the third innings, posted a 9.72 7 Um ERA. But again, I'm just trying to like hold out hope that, okay, it was just, it was the Dodgers he'll get back on track today.
4: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Listen. Fingers I, crossed. Yeah, no, I, listen. I, I do I, have I was, a
1: bet on this game because my heart's too invested. Yeah,
4: I mean, I have a 9-1 to one on the Padres to win the NL. It was made after I Thought that Tatis when they when they acquired Soto and then Tatis was supposed to be coming back and I'm like hey man when that lineup gets like that it's going to be dirty but of course it didn't didn't pan out like that so let me you know at least they're still alive I want them to get in the playoffs so at least I have a live ticket so the ticket I isn't dead
1: see so I'm rooting for your ticket and I'm just rooting go. for my sanity so <laughs> there we go
4: in that Rays Jays game that is at uh, 7:07 Eastern Drew Rasmussen and Ross Stripling Ross Stripling and the Blue Jays are very slight favorites kind of a coin flip minus 115 for the Jays 105. For the Rays and that one, 7.5 is your total. And we said every Brewers game is important as we move forward as well. That's a 7.45 first pitch. Corbin Burns for the Brewers going up against Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals. The Brewers are the favorites in this one on the road. Minus 125 if you want to back the Cardinals at home as underdogs. Plus 105, a flat 7. Is your total.
1: And we will keep you up to date with a number of the live lines on these day games as we go throughout the course of the next two hours. But coming up, we'll get to some notable injury updates in the National Football League, especially with Thursday Night Football coming up tomorrow.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatone and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
1: Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to Vsin Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance, recap of the top plays made by Vsin show hosts and guests, 24/7 video, season prep including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering each game all year long, pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get Vsin Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl just $175 or you Save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options. Become part of the sports betting network. Getting into some NFL talk right now. Chargers coming off a 24-19 divisional win against the Raiders in week one. Now face an even bigger test in the AFC West against the Chargers on Thursday night. Some injuries of note to update you on. Uh, Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen officially ruled out with a hamstring injury this week. And the Chiefs have ruled out kicker Harrison Butker. Um, He was dealing with an ankle injury we saw at the end of the week one game. Did come back in, but apparently not going to be available for this week. Matt Amendola has been signed to the Chiefs practice squad and will be called up for this outing. And lastly, just to keep it rolling, uh, JC Jackson was listed as a non-participant Monday, but yesterday a limited participant. He's been upgraded to questionable and head coach Brandon Staley said that he uh, is headed in the right direction, which could be good news if he makes his debut this week.
4: Yeah. On this one. So some of this news today did lead me to go ahead and put a bet in on this. I was already on the chiefs at three and a half as it was anyway, but kind of started putting two and two together, and as we were getting all indications that there was just not going to be Keenan Allen in this game, so I, with that, I went ahead and played over receptions with Austin Eckler. If you look mm-hmm. with Austin Eckler last week, you're probably going to see, like, wait, well, what do you mean? Like, he wasn't a huge part of the pass game, but they they took him out of the game. Once that game where they felt like it was kind of in hand or whatever, they, they were looking to get him a little bit of rest and get him over on the sideline, but also... If you look, this is a much stiffer test, in my opinion, to them. And then if you're looking for kind of that reliable receiver for him to be able to, for uh, Herbert to be able to feel really comfortable coming out of the backfield, I mean, this is going to be, I think, early and often to Eckler in this game. Okay. And so some of those, look, those targets and receptions have to go somewhere, right? And that's what we do whenever a key player gets removed. And so we start to divvy this up. Where, how much do I realistically think? that Keenan Allen targets go to Mike Williams, right? Like they are two different types of receivers. And so while there is going to be an uptick to Williams in some capacity, it's not like a, okay, if I had, let's say I had nine to 10 targets going to Keenan Allen in this game, that I'm just going to shift eight of those over to Mike Williams, right? they are just two different types of receivers. That's not mm-hmm. their game. So like, those, those, those targets, maybe one or two, gets shifted over to Williams then at that point. So where do the other six to eight go? And then that's where you have to start divvying them up from there. And I think that it's probably more the high percentage throws out of the backfield to Austin Eckler. And so, again, we're still in speculation season right now. Till we get three or four weeks into the season, we're still having to make a lot of assumptions. But my assumption here being that those high percentage throws end up going to Eckler, coming out of the backfield here. And so I did play over receptions on Austin Eckler in this game.
1: The J.C. Jackson news didn't move the needle for me particularly high. Obviously, it would be great to have him back. But coming off an ankle procedure, I don't know how much you want to, like, push him. And their defense didn't necessarily need him last week either. Did pick off Derek Carr three times. Would be great to have another pass defender out there, but not Uh, as much.
4: And I'm with you. Like, I think that – I think they would love to have him out there. But then on the short week here – well, I guess you call it the long week next week (laughs) – is do you – Would you rather have him have the 10 days, the 10 extra days to go ahead and come back? Because again, like week two is not going to make their season. But if you lose him because you brought him back, you know, a little bit too early here, that could really negatively affect the season moving forward. So I think it'll be a very, very big decision for them come tomorrow whenever they have to announce this 90 minutes before game time. Because I think deep down, do they want him out there? Yes, because, hey, you understand knocking the Chiefs off in week two is huge for you. But then at the same time, they're also having to look long-term here and go, even if we lose this, guys, this is not the end of the world here. Correct. However, if this guy goes down and we're not able to get this huge acquisition that we had that is really going to make this secondary so much better, I do believe that that's a, a – we'll be monitoring now in like, you know, all day long tomorrow because that is certainly <laughs> – Just- yeah, that's going to be big news. That could move this thing back over the four and a half because this is this this reached four and a half yep. at a couple of different books yesterday and then there was the buyback then at that point – on the Chargers at four and a half. We're settling at four at most books out there. There is one, two, four and a half still available, rest of country. So again, if you do want the Chargers, you can go get four and a half, but
1: I'm uh, with you. If I'm them, yeah. though, I want a guy who had eight interceptions and 23 passes defended to be good for me for the long term, for the, not for the just majority for of the season. One game, yes. absolutely. Um, the, the New York sports market's going to love us because we're mm. going back to uh, the Jets here. Rich Camini, Cimini um, reporting. Joe Flacco is going to start Week Two. That was confirmed in. The press conference by Robert Sala earlier today. So it seems like even despite the Mike White chance yes. going wild, we're sticking with Joe Flacco is elite here. So
4: And what we get in this is a comically low 30, as low as 39 out there right now. Is it? It is went it, down that for far? This, for this total. Yeah, like a 39, because again, you've got a Browns team, not only because it's Jacoby Brissett, but... Look, they're run heavy anyway. They want to run anyway, right? Like they want to run. That's the identity of this team. It's awesome offensive line. You've got two of the best running back. I mean, like, listen, Kareem Hunt would start for half the other teams in the league, if not more, right? And they have two starters for this team. So you want to run with Chubb, you want to run with Hunt. And so you got a team that's super, super run heavy. And then you have a team in the Jets last week that was absolutely atrocious on offense and could only probably be worse this week after as they're. Dealing with a couple of people that may be nicked up as we head into this one as well. And so a six-point favorite in the Browns with a total of 39. I mean, it's just it's so crazy. This would be like, it seems like an it should be an auto play on the Jets, because again, it's getting six points in a game with a 39 total is just like back in the day, would have just been an auto play. But I think the You're Jets like, go are that bad. You know, <laughs> I think the Jets are kind of sniffing the territory being that bad again. And if that's the case, then it's probably appropriate. Maybe the Browns again. Like I said, they're at least in consideration for me from a from a survivor's perspective. We'll see if that that gets. It's get so int- You're yeah. so
1: wild. Um, it was interesting to me though, listening to a little bit of Robert Sala's presser earlier today, talking about how like he didn't feel that Flacco was the main issue when he had a clean pocket. He was very very efficient, and I was like, well, what quarterback is not Yes.
4: Yes. Look at the completion.
1: Offensive line doesn't look at quarterback up, ratings and completion
4: percentages in clean pocket and wind yes. pressured, you can aye, go aye, over aye. and you can look at it. It's very easy to find. Yes.
1: Flacco, by the way, 0 10, his last 10 starts between Denver and New York, three and 17 dating back to his time in Baltimore. Uh, Zach Wilson also was out at practice today doing some light quarterback drills. It was the first time since his meniscus surgery. He's been out there. He's largely been rehabbing by himself. So back out there on the practice field, um, keep it going with some of these NFL injuries to update, uh, Nathaniel Hackett said that their right guard um, Quinn Miners is going to miss four weeks and all pro safety. Justin Simmons is going to miss some time with a thigh injury. Not sure how long that means necessarily, but fortunately a position the Broncos are deep in, in the secondary, despite what we may have seen in the first half Monday night, they are deep at the position.
4: And again, if, like this would be the game to just, you know, get anyone that's even got a minor injury healthy, right? Your yes. 10 point home favorites in this thing. And, there's one nine and a half out there, I guess. If you're if you want to go ahead and still play the Broncos and get it under that ten, which is the you know, semi key number, I'm staying not really. so
1: far away from the Broncos. I just buyer's remorse like crazy. I'm gonna. It's gonna take me a while to want to get back on that train. Don't don't buddy.
4: hold don't hold it against them. Don't hold it well. against them. Just let them just let them pad your bankroll the rest <laughs> of the season, even though they were the team that that knocked you out of Survivor. But honestly, this is like this is like the perfect spot to where if you do have anyone that's got some sort of even minor injury. To get them on the sideline, either have them not play that much, or just have them not play at all. Again, like I'm, I keep saying this: like they got to the one yard line twice, they got to the three yard line once. They only turned all three of those possessions into three points. I mean, like it it was that's
1: what's so frustrating. The defense,
4: I mean, the offense was there. Yeah, they moved
1: the football consistently. They went up and down the field.
4: They just didn't turn it into points. And so, like that's why they're as big a favorite as they are. And I, I honestly think they'll they'll be fine. They'll be fine.
1: Uh, Chris Godwin didn't practice Wednesday reports are out two to three weeks after he hurt the hamstring in the first half against the Cowboys. Um, Good news that he did avoid re injuring the ACL. But as we talked to with the doc, Dr. Trail Julian yesterday, um, when you have an injury to the same leg like that, they can stack on each other and become more problematic long-term.
4: And then the minor injury, apparently to Mike Evans also being reported has now made this to where even is that yesterday, the same
1: leg is his hamstring that he had earlier?
4: Even, even yesterday, we were talking about there were still threes available. Like, there were a couple in the market out there on the Saints. Those are gone. Those have disappeared. It is all two and a half now mm-hmm. in favor of the Bucs. And I imagine this Saints squad is going to be a massively popular teaser leg this week. And I think that it's rightfully so. Because, it's, listen, Mike Evans... Not been basically, you know, not been the poster child for health. I'm not saying anyone's injury prone. Not been the poster child for health. We know Godwin's not going to be out there. Julio Jones seems like at this point he's kind of like just when is the injury going to happen, not if. And so mm-hmm. it could be an interestingly long day for this Buck squad should things kind of break the wrong way for them. We know this offensive line that we thought might get exposed last week did kind of get exposed last week. And the Saints have a nice front seven so I think this could be this might be my favorite 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 teaser leg well and even
1: week. Russell Gage was dealing with a hamstring yeah. injury as well so it's just like keep adding it to the list uh when we come back here we're gonna get back to Thursday night football talk as well as WNBA playoffs could this thing be decided tomorrow Danielle Alvari will help us out
0: This v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatone and Matt Brown on v the
4: Sports Betting Network.
1: Welcome back. This segment of v Final Countdown presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everybody's timeline's different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn's there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. You know who's not there for me, Matt? Mm-hmm. The San Diego Padres, Mike Clevenger, unbelievable first pitch of the game. Julio Rodriguez yard. Okay, so just mm-hmm. right off the bat, Ty France next at bat singles, and then Suarez hits a two-run shot. So the Padres already immediately down three nothing in the first inning. That was fun for me. Thank you for what it, for drawing my attention what, to what that. What did they the do break.
4: with with maybe a, one of the fingers? To you, oh, we inning. know, yeah, read yeah. between the lines. Yeah, we know exactly. If you feel yeah. me? We know exactly what they did to you right there. I mean, we were sitting here, we hyped up this game, like, oh, such a huge game. Both these teams are three nothing first, like, like hey, it's, the, it's
1: still early.
4: It is, it is, except Luis Castillo's on the mound except- for the Mariners, so there's, there's that to yeah. be dealt with. There were, as we were talking about, some of those games, a
1: <laughs> little live line, real quickly, uh-huh. money line. Minus 725 on Seattle. Now you can get five to one on the Padres. You, you think they think can come back and get to that bullpen later on in the game.
4: Did get some finals. As we were talking about, uh, some of those games were late in the, in the, in the uh, game there. We were Astros and tigers, two to one Astros winners. there. Christian Javier, Despite a two, eight, seven ERA. That win gets him to nine and nine on the season, which is shocking considering the Astros are 93 and 50 after this, that one of their guys is nine and nine, but, uh, they do get that one two to one over the Tigers. Guardians five to three over the Angels. Again, a big win for the Guardians. Guardians seventy-six and sixty-five on the season and in a game that no one cares about unless you are a fan. The Pirates beat the Reds ten to four. They are fifty-five and eighty-eight on the season. God bless the Pirates.
1: I'm looking at just those two teams. So sad. They're fifty-five and eighty-eight. The Reds are fifty-six and eighty-six. So that just gives you a little bit of an indication of how those teams did this year. Well, the, inter-
4: the interesting thing too is like so Nick Ladolo, who started for the Reds, is, is was one of their very, very highly touted prospects, right? Like one of the one of the top rated pitchers in all the minors, and so he gets to start today. He goes six and a third, gives up six hits, strikes out eleven, leaves with th- only giving up three earned, and from the from the seventh inning with one out on. The rest of the Reds gave up eight runs, and that's how they end up losing. You know, that's how they end up losing the game. So yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was like you get you finally get the start out of your highly touted prospect that you've been hoping for. He's been up and down all season. Like so, one start's been terrible, one start's been all right, one start's been terrible. You finally get the start you're looking for, and then the bullpen so comes in and just gives up a billion runs. That's afterwards. so
1: brutal. By the way, did you see that your Orioles are the most highly profitable team in terms of ROI this season? Well,
4: yeah. Have you heard that they have Ryan Mountcastle on their team? That's all you need to know, right there. Ryan Mountcastle, the favorite. uh, He was the official, official baseball player of primetime. There we go.
1: The more you know. Um, also, I'm sorry to the people at home. I lied to you. We're going to have Danielle Alvari in the next segment, and we will get back to Thursday Night Football, all things LA sports with our girl Danielle, as well as the WNBA. But right here, wanted to get into some of the most bet teams to win the Super Bowl since week one on DraftKings. Uh, people already buying back in on the Bills, as if there wasn't already enough belief that they're going to be the – one that is the last standing at the end of the year; they were the favorites coming into the season. Um, but 28% of the handle, 17% of bets on the Bills. Then you've got the Chiefs, Vikings, people buying in on at 18 to one. The Chargers and Bucks; those are your top five. How things lay out in terms of the money coming in?
4: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're there's two teams that we know that were off-season darlings, and so in in the Bills and the Chargers. So to see them get wins and people. Continue to bet them. That does that. That doesn't surprise me at all. Now, the interesting one, I think, the more interesting one to me, I guess, is the Bucks because it wasn't like it was a just super convincing win. And then there are still some things that you can look at with this Bucks squad that is okay. We're uh, we're like we're definitely going to be the team from the NFC <laughs> that moves on, right? I mean, like there were I mean, we if anything more about, question marks. Yeah,
1: we just talked about the wide receivers as well, yeah. the offensive line. Like, there's. They just faced a Cowboys team that was doing nothing but stubbing themselves in the foot and lose their quarterback, so.
4: Yeah, I just, that that one's more, that one's interesting to me. Vikings, we totally get it. We love the Vikings.
1: Yep. We totally get it. We love the Vikings. We're all in. Apple of our eye. All week one did was was re-cement my affinity for the squad.
4: We got to get some purple. I
1: was about to say, maybe I just need to wear purple. We got to get some purple
4: going on up in here. I don't think I have a purple shirt, so I know. I might have to, I'm going to get me a purple shirt. I
1: already have, I mean, we both have the blonde hair, so the Viking aesthetic. Could really work for,
4: yeah. for we, we, us. Yes, we, we definitely do. This. Listen, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a purple shirt. I, I don't have a gold jacket. Maybe I'll get a purple jacket and a gold shirt. I don't know. We'll figure it out.
1: How are you? Somebody that is like rooted for the Saints in your life, and you don't have a gold jacket. Who are you? Yeah, I mean, you know, LSU. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the gold works. Come on, be, I don't wear. Be you better. Know, you know what? I, you know. Be better. That's how I'm going to leave it at that. It's
4: kind of a weird thing for me. You know, I don't do, I don't wear the jerseys but you're fashion and things forward. and whatever. Yeah. Like I don't wear jerseys. I don't wear jerseys. I don't wear like any of this things. Like I don't. Are I, you
1: one of those people that finds it very strange to wear another grown man's name on the back of your body?
4: Especially if it's like someone that's far younger than you. I find it even <laughs> weirder, right? Like, like it's like the 50 year old guy that's wearing like the Trey Lance jersey. And I'm kind of like. You could be his grandfather, not like, like, not like his dad. Like you could be his granddad and like you're wearing, like, it's just, I don't know that, that is odd. It is odd to me. I've never been that guy. I've never body painted. I've never face painted. I've never, none of, none of that stuff.
1: I've always kind of wanted to be that person, but I've, when working in sports as far back as I can remember, even in, like, college when you're going to the events well, and having fun. you see this so. all the
4: time because you're on the sidelines at college games where the body paint and the face paint thing I is, like, lo- prevalent. I live you for it. You give it a thumbs up? Okay. So, I live for it. So you're a thumbs up oh on that. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right.
1: Give me the, like, half-naked, overweight man in glitter that's all blue. Like I'm, When
4: it's 40 degrees outside. Yeah, don't
1: threaten me like, with a that's good That's
4: That's the thing. It's like I look at those people because I hate the cold weather so much, and I go, one – I don't agree with what you're doing, and two, I certainly don't agree with what you're doing in the weather that you're doing it in.
1: Hey, you do you, boo-boo. I'm not going to hate on anybody. Mm. But this leads to, I mean, not that part of the conversation, but the most bet (laughs) – Super Bowl picks gets us a little bit more back to the conversation that we started yesterday with contenders yeah. and pretenders, and there were a number of teams I think that are still very much so up for discussion. We didn't get a chance to get to uh, one of which being the Indianapolis Colts, and that's a line that you were paying attention to. It's on the move a little bit here coming into yeah. This I
4: don't know. I mean, I went and looked and tried to take a look and see why this thing was moving, but like we're down to the Colts as three and a half point favorites in this at several of the books. That are out there. The total also fell from 45 to 44 and a half. So, some, either somebody knows something or some sort of news came out that people, we didn't that we didn't catch. Or, maybe
1: people are catching on to those trends. I know you don't like them, but mm-hmm. the fact that the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville seven straight games. There maybe that's the house of horrors type there of a thing. People coming out and saying, I'm, I'm not doing it. But Matt Ryan, hey, just to play a little devil's advocate here, Matt Ryan, Four and zero in his career against and a the Jaguar
4: would definitely eat a colt too, like like a baby horse for sure. So there's all kinds of narratives that go or they're going into this game whenever we whenever we really kind of break it down.
1: That but, that one really just like, that's it. That was the one. That's that,
4: for me. that's the which mascot would like, eat was, the other mascot narrative.
1: I was undecided where I wanted to go with Pro this, tip. and that definitely. <laughs>
4: There it is. There we go. Cho- choose which mascot would eat the other mascot, and then there it is. That's a pro tip. So,
1: f- look at the Colts, though, long-term. Because mm. um, even as far as week one went, I felt like Matt Ryan got more comfortable throughout the course of the game, hence yeah. why they were able to come back. Obviously, still resulted in a tie, which yeah. wasn't the ideal resolution there. But, I mean, they were down 23, come all the way back. Michael Pittman Jr., dealing with a quad injury, was a limited participant at practice today. But he was very involved. Naeem Himes, very involved. I think they're a very talented team on paper. I mean, just Jonathan Taylor, that's all you need to say at some points. Do you think that they could go long-term?
4: Matt Ryan, actually, uh, you know, I went and kind of like dug into this a little bit further because I had this one on, but I had it on a peripheral TV because I didn't think that I was going to really need to pay attention to this game all that much. And then, like, I started realizing, oh, wow, this could this could, this could go bad. So it wasn't like he was terrible, but he wasn't really good either. So Pro, pro Football Focus ranked him as the 17th quarterback of the week so kind of dead center right there in the league so he didn't do anything exceptionally well didn't do anything exceptionally bad just kind of like middle of the road but I don't know if that's encouraging or discouraging considering you're playing against the Texans right I mean that's a defense that was widely considered to be one of the worst defenses in the league as we came in yes maybe some bright spots Stingley in the secondary of course and by the way, Stingley played great in this game as a rookie first game out. Like he, he played absolutely fantastic for them in this game. So it does make me wonder if I was a little bit too bullish on this team, a little bit too bullish on Matt Ryan, not being washed because I was all about Matt Ryan, not being washed. And maybe there's at least a little bit of – maybe he's getting a little dusty. He's not quite dust yet, but he's just getting a little dusty. So
1: I was of the thought process that he was just in a bad situation the last couple of years. And, you know, like Sheryl Crow, a change will do you good – and I'm hopeful that it's just a little bit of a slow starter. He's got to ease into this new offense with everybody and it'll begin to take off. So that's where my thought is right now. Not going to overreact to week one even though we did have some fun doing that earlier this week. <laughs> um, we're going to step aside, take a quick timeout. When we come back, as promised, we will deliver. Danielle Alvari, Beeson host and contributor, will join us. Maybe promise. only one more promise. opportunity. Promise them. I promise. Okay,
4: promise them. You already, lied, it, you already you. lied to them once. Okay, I'm, I'm just not going to lie sure. again.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyways, maybe only one more opportunity to place a wager in the WNBA finals if the Aces pull it off. Does Danielle think that can happen?
4: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win
0: a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard. And
3: then on I'm top of it, like that.
4: See that,
3: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella, point game. I remember you came out from crying tears, <laughs> I mean, he was in a culture
2: shock, and he's, he's going to us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OJ, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? he didn't need it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v
4: the sports betting network.
1: Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Lace up for week two with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance. Offers every Sunday, all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs. And if it loses, you get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football each week and get your money back as well as a free bet if they score any time. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. And I think. Matt Brown has a new game of just doing everything he can while I try to do our reads to mess me up. He's out are here you, dancing. How, how dare you his... disparage my good name? Some people These are false claims. Someone who has dealt with this much longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Uh Danielle Alvari, who we welcome in now, V contributor and host, also uh expert all things LA and the WNBA. I did in fact
4: mess with Danielle how? whenever she was trying Danielle, to do reads. Like, how so I did do, do I that, deal actually? with this? Can you yeah. help me? Matthew I did in Brown. fact do that. Yeah. Are you
5: still doing this? I did, I did in fact do that. This? Now that I
4: look back on that, I did do that actually. This is Shocking. why I left. Shocking. Yeah, that's yeah. why
1: That's why she went back to LA. She couldn't uh, put up with I your know, antics yeah. I was anymore. Like,
4: oh, I did do that. No, Look at
1: that. Danielle, let's start with the WNBA. The Aces have a two games to none lead over the Sun winning 85-71 last night. It's a great performance by Asia Wilson Uh, Chelsea Gray is just a woman on fire right now you think they're going to close things out tomorrow night I do and it's so funny
5: because I'll watch sports shows and I'll see somebody come on and have some crazy hot take like oh this is you know this is the aces game absolutely and then I sit there and go this is playoffs anything can happen you can see here I mean even the Sun are only favored by one in a must-win game situation but Unfortunately, despite the Suns' best defensive efforts, and they've been incredible defensive efforts, like I mentioned, Chelsea Gray, unstoppable. So really, even with all of their defense, it's like trying to stop a freight train. And we all know how well that would go, right? So <laughs> it's it, that's pretty much what we're talking about here with this Aces offense. I'm delighted, actually, to see this because earlier in the season we talked about how the Aces didn't have a lot of depth beyond that starting five. So basically what they have is these five MVPs and nobody else and a brand new coach who's been incredible. And it's interesting that it's actually panned out for them because that was one injury away from this being, again, the train really just going off the track here. Instead, we have this freight train of offense. It's been really fun to watch. But as somebody who loves, you know, unders, I would prefer a defensive team win this. I don't know if the Connecticut Sun can extend this. I hope they do because I'd like to see a game five. And I'd also like to see the Aces get a chance to win this at home.
4: Danielle, is there any offensive tendencies for either one of these teams that would kind of give you a way to go in with a live betting strategy? Does does, Does one of these teams start off super, like, on fire typically, one of these teams slower starters, anything like that to where we could go in and maybe get a better number than this one that we're sitting at right now?
5: So this does happen sometimes. Unfortunately, it goes back and forth. So if you look at the last game, the aces, you know, came out in the first quarter, 23 to 15, uh, came out a little bit faster than Connecticut, but Connecticut does a great job of getting back in the game and things usually even out by the half. So these are usually within two, three points by the halftime point. Uh, but I did get a very nice uh, Las Vegas plus 100 money line on Sunday's game so you do get those opportunities the Sun came out and we're really uh, going after it on the offensive side of things they're just their offense is not consistent so what I will say is if the Connecticut Sun do go out far ahead as they should because again they're in a must win situation then I would absolutely go in on the Aces especially the best uh, money line that you could get in that situation and you might get it again because Connecticut it's do or die for them and it is at their home at least Uh, but the Aces have already won at their home once this season. So that's what I would look for live. Uh, the totals, I haven't really been touching live as much as more of a, a pregame situation. But I'll be interested to see how this plays out uh, because this could be even a blowout, I think.
1: Mm. The total where it sits Ooh. right now is 160. Both of the games in the series so far have gone under that number. So we'll see if we can get another under to come Game home. Game one
5: was 169. That's how impressive this defense has been.
1: Unreal. Unreal. Uh, No WNBA team, by the way, has come back from down two games to none to win a title. We'll see if the Aces do ultimately get the sweep. Although, Danielle, as we transition to the NFL here, why did the WNBA open up their finals on the first night, the first full Sunday of football? What are they doing? It's on brand.
5: It's on brand. (laughs) Business decisions that make no sense. We want to make sure nobody sees the games. If they see them, they might like them. They might start watching it. They might start betting on it, God forbid. What would they do? Yeah, I, I love I love that this is happening, though, in Vegas, for Vegas. This will be their first championship. It would be the Suns, too, if they actually won it. And the Aces kind of went, it's very Vegas. They went all in on these five superstars. And previously, they had Liz Cambage on the team, who we know is not playing in the WNBA now. But they were very much reliant on this big lineup. And we're seeing how that's affecting the Sun. The Sun have no shot creators, no uh, perimeter shooters that they can go to. And that was kind of the issue the Aces had in the past. They addressed that. They went all in with these five-star players,
4: and it's it's paid out for for them it's very Vegas. The first Vegas professional title Ooh, for any sport for any team. Awesome. Oh, Look at that. Casual. Also, uh,
1: I mean, the Golden Knights came really close. Yeah. Um, but did uh, did also love seeing Coach Pop coming out to support Becky Hammond. Really, really cool there.
4: Danielle, is there any value at all to take the three to one on Chelsea Gray to win MVP, or, or is Wilson going to win it?
1: I think yeah. I,
5: I mean, three to one. You you know that's not super exciting, but. Asia Wilson won the regular season MVP. Chelsea Gray was left off of the all-star list, which is... I think fueled a lot of what we've seen recently. I don't know how you can look at her playoff resume and, and, and even her finals resume. Most recently, the sun have been on her like white on rice and she is still creating these shots every single time. She does not miss. It's insane what she's really been able to accomplish. So if you're talking about MVP for finals, Asia has been instrumental, but I do think you could put another big in that position and they would be able to win this. You could not win this without Chelsea Gray. There it is. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a
4: ticket. Ooh. Putting it in three to I one. Lo- Maybe you'll actually win
1: something in the WNBA. You've been looking. You've been
4: looking. You've been looking. <laughs> there it
1: Got is. Uh, okay. Let's talk a little LA sports here. The Chargers coming off a physical win over the Raiders. They hit the road to one of the toughest places to play in the NFL at Arrowhead Stadium on Thursday night football, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, who have a, you know, you know they're pretty good over there in KC, just saying. The money continues to come on this Kansas City team for four and a half. Is that too many points? or not enough in your eyes for L.A.? It's offensive. Ah. It's
5: offensive. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. These games are always close, right? Like, we've we've seen these games before uh, going back to last season. I think that last season going into the first Chiefs and Chargers game, there was a lot of talk of, oh, this is like the Chiefs are going to win this, no problem. And now I feel like the tides have turned, and I think people are looking at the Chargers to win this. And I think getting four and a half, I love it. I took it. I think that the Chargers are actually going to be able to win this out right now. Of course, we have to talk about – um the reason why we wouldn't take the money line necessarily, no Keenan Allen. So, I do think that that's what's going to keep me away from this. But you are going to get a better value on a money line. And to be honest, you're seeing them around like plus 175 or greater, and plus 185 up on the board here. So, uh, that's enticing to me because I still think the Chargers. What did they do in the off season? if anything, they only got better, not any major losses. So why are you telling me that they're going to be underdogs against the Chiefs when they've already won at Arrowhead last year with, again, you could argue like a worse team because I think they've only gotten better in the offseason. Their defense is going to be better than what KC faced against Arizona last week. Definitely. Um, I would even look possibly to play a first half under. I wouldn't dare touch a full game under here with Herbert or Mahomes. Um, I also took a fun prop besides the side of of taking charges plus four and a half. So I have Mike Williams over uh, 80 receiving yards and to get a touchdown. He had over 100 receiving yards in the two wins over the Chiefs last season. At least one touchdown in those games. Now, in the game of the overtime loss to the Chiefs, he did have around 60 yards or so and no touchdown, but Keenan Allen had a big game. He's not going to be in, so I think it's going to be Mike Williams' game. So If he clears 80 yards and grabs a touchdown, that's plus 330.
4: I love it. Danielle, we got the Rams as very big favorites this week. I just saw an 11 pop right now, so this thing went from 10, 10 and a half. Now it's up to 11 at a couple of books out there against this Falcons team that put up a pretty good effort in week one. I understand why the line is where it's at. I mean, you you got a team that basically didn't play any of its starters in the preseason. It was a little bit of a rocky start and you played one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL. I don't really hold all that much against the Rams for that week one performance. And so how do you feel about the double digits though here against this Falcons team?
5: I think the Rams will be able to cover this. I don't necessarily run to bet the Rams right now, mostly because we have this kind of lingering question mark issue with Matt Stafford. And I've mentioned to you guys before that I had like my little inside track with my physical therapist who knows this person who's on the Rams. And basically it sounds like they're really frustrated with this because the x-rays look completely clear. Matt Stafford and yet he's still having this issue so if it's some kind of tendonitis or overuse thing and they let him rest and yet it still hasn't gone away so I think it's really frustrating them at this point you wonder how much it's affecting his play so I'm not a team I'm rushing to bet but I do think that they're going to have a great opportunity for a bounce back spot here I think that the Falcons were more impressive than we were expecting last week against the Saints Uh, but I do think that the Rams are going to remind everybody who they are and also that the Bills were just a very good team.
1: Danielle, you are awesome. Really appreciate the time. Thank you for doing this. And also, just be on the lookout. Sunbelt has been a giant killer for your Bruins this week. Who knows what could happen, but appreciate the time. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Uh, Okay, we got to round out the hour with our pro tip like we do every hour here at Beeson.
4: People might wonder why we spent so much time talking about – Talking about the injury injury reports, but I guess we're gonna, we'll we'll uh, we'll hold off on that one. So uh, we'll we'll go with uh, what Danielle said for the NBA, yes. For the WNBA,
1: despite having plus odds, her girl Chelsea Gray three to one has a very good chance to win WNBA Finals MVP over Asia Wilson is a minus two fifty shot, so maybe some value. Hence your ticket. There it is. There you go. Um, we will come back here. Begin hour two on Veasan Final Countdown. Don't go anywhere.